Welcome to It's Ms. Max Health and Culture. Health is a way of living and the mindset. Culture is a way of being and honoring who we are as a people. Fuse it together for a way of vibing. Take this journey with me. I'll see you inside. Hello and welcome to On the Wake Up Radio Call. I am your host, Maxine Sinclair from Ms. Ms. Max Health and Culture. Thank you so much for being here today. I'd like to give a special shout out to super producer Cindy Ashley, who's responsible for making this all happen. Thank you so much, sis. And also just to let you know that you can catch us the replays also on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, but guess what? We prefer you to come to otw2.com and listen to our live radio at onthewakeupradio.com. And without further ado, I would like to introduce my special guest, Brother Ray Coleman of BYOB. And yes, that is Bring Your Own Blackness. Welcome, Brother Ray. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. All right, so brother, um, brother Ray, I am a follower of this of the uh, Bring Your Own Blackness on uh, page on Facebook, and it allows people to, you know, just talking about issues and various things that's going on in the culture. And um, but whether what brother Ray likes to do is he likes to come and he does his own live, and so I like what he had to say, and I thought, hey, you know, why not? you know, bring his brother on the show. And so that way all of you can experience um, his thoughts and, and, and what he thinks about. So again, welcome, Brother Ray. And, you know, today's topic that we're going to get into is, you know, culture code and what that means and, you know, why or why not we can't say it. But before we begin that, Brother Ray, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Well, um I'm a um, retired vet, 21 years in the Army, and uh, and also I'm I'm a recent um, cancer survivor, and um, and you know um, I, I I spend a lot of time <laughs> I spend a lot of time um, isolated more or less because of COVID-19 and me being high risk and at my age and whatnot, and then my location is really kind of running havoc, so. You know, I kind of, um, I'm more, I, I stay quarantined and doing the proper protocol for this COVID situation. And uh, I'm definitely not taking the vaccine. But, um, um, and, 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 and I've been, I've been, um, I've been in the struggle for, for a good while. You know, I, I put in a little work. Um, I had to leave my hometown because, you know, I, I uh, had couple run is with the police. I'm not a criminal because you can't do 21 years in military and be a criminal, but the police brutality situation back in 2005, I had to leave my hometown because the police were out to get me, you know, and they were seriously trying to, I think they were trying to assassinate me. And so I moved and, you know, I try to keep, I try to keep in touch with my people and I love black people and, and we had a crucial time. And I'm a humble person. I really am, you know, and I don't put myself above anybody. We're in the struggle together. 
but we need to do a paradigm shift and put on brakes about what we've been doing and get uncomfortable and stop this joy of repetition programming that we're doing. Yes, absolutely. And I can, I can imagine, um, like you said earlier, you know, everything that you've been through, you know, having to leave your hometown, so that means you have to be displaced. And then, like you said, going into isolation, especially because you're choosing, you know, not to take the vax. And I believe that it's everyone's choice whether they want to take it or not. It, it's totally up to them. And we're still trying to find out what's in it, what's not in it. So, you know, good for you for, you know, holding out on that. Um, yes. And then also we're talking about dealing with the isolation. And I, I know a lot of times with isolation also means that there's time to think, right? Mm -hmm. Time to slow those thoughts down and, and get into it. And so the, the reason why I chose this topic about staying on culture code, because as you know, so for the past, more than past year, going on two years, our, our United States and especially our black people, minority, has been through so much. No matter what the world is going through, there's that saying that, you know, when America catches a cold, black folks catches the flu or the pneumonia. You know, we always the ladder of whatever is going on in this society. But for some reason, even with all that, even with the pandemic, even with the civil unrest, even with the economic downturn, loss of jobs, COVID, loss of lives, yeah. I find that we're not you know, collaborating and being on code as we should. In fact, it almost seems like we're going on the on the opposite direction. You know, right. so I to hear your thoughts about that, and and you know, what will you think it'll take for us to to get there? Well, you know, um, one thing, you never can defeat an enemy you're dependent on. You know, and uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, like. Uh, <clears throat> Even at this point in time, what we're facing with the uh, with Biden um, right now, and I seen some, uh, some. I think it was in California where they're going to have children mandatory take this vaccine and include it in part of the school curriculum vaccine. And they're talking about um, of getting. I'm thinking that other states will fall in with this same process. And also with uh, Biden saying that anybody that employs over a hundred people, that he's asking them to um, force the employees to take this vaccine and whatnot. The problem with us is 98% of us work for white people, you know, and uh, and and it, 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 that's just that's just a part of it. But um, the thing is. First of all, you know, like the family value, that that's a very important thing for black people. It's always have been our um our galvanite our fortitude, you know, fortif fortification is the strong family ties we have, which we are starting to lose and and it's quite clear and it's showing in many different ways. And at the end of the day, if your family is divided you're absolutely divided as a people. You're divided before you even come out in the streets. You're divided within your home. Another part of it is black people have failed to, to organize our own social economical support system that is for black people to support and accommodate black people in the black family. And so we're more or less nomadics in the system 
that doesn't care about our situation. Like you pointed out earlier, in every aspect of this pandemic, there's a black disparity tied to it from evictions to employment to unemployment to 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 the whole nine yards. I'm even seeing a lot of uh, child protection agency activity going on with the black family right now, you know? And so the thing is though, um, what, what, what I see, we got to start thinking about, this is a systemic race. And what our thing is, we got to start looking at what are we doing within the system that is against us to keep the system going the way it is. And we have to really have to do some serious paradigm shifts. And um, at the end of the day, um, uh, uh, this is a, um, what you would call a capitalist society. What I'm trying to explain is we're in a systemic racist system that's a capitalist system. And when you talk about politics, you're talking absolutely financial control and channeling. You know what I'm saying? And where I'm going with this is they've made they've, um, uh, poverty is a profit for this system. That's what you would call debtor slaves or whatnot, you know. And that's why, like black people, we've done all you can do in this country. We've been all you can be in this country. There's nothing in this country that anybody have done in this country black people haven't done. And we've been all you can be in this country, but yet still we're still the poorest a population in America and that's by design because they keeping us as the cash cows and that's why they destroyed the black wall streets and whatnot to keep us economically depending on them so that they can control us you know what I'm saying it's convenient for them to control our jobs we work at 98% of us um, it's, it's convenient to control our education systems and this is the problem we have failed we have failed in the fact of reality that we cannot continue to depend on our ancestors, enslavers, offsprings. And this is what we're doing. And the systemic racism is there at all corners at every turn and it's getting worse and worse. You see these Karen and Kims, you know, black people coming up missing daily, untelevised, you know, um, 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 they, they, they're killing us, police shooting us down, gunners down, all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, locking us up and to black people forever being exonerated because the DNA test proving them innocent. You know, it's like um, the uh, uh, um, genocide of the black people of this world is not a theory. It's a fact. There's too much scientific evidence that would stand in the court of law to prove this to be a fact, you know, and, and the, th and, and the thing is, we're we're just we're, we just want to have a good time. We just want to just want to go do our job and come home. We just want to be left alone. We just want to be accepted by this by these people. You know what I'm saying? But 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 the thing is, we're powerless because we don't have any economical support system of our own or any economical, any support system whatsoever that's set up and designed to support and accommodate us. We're trying to operate within a system that's absolutely designed against us from its infancy to this very day, you know? And so, you know, we have to, we have to, we got, one thing black people we got to stop doing is we have to stop 
wearing this victim as some type of fashion statement about us. You know, we got to stop being the victim. It's, it's like um, if I got somebody else to blame for my situation as an, an adult, that's just being irresponsible, you know. And, and, and I love my people. I love black people. But at the end of the day, we are being very irresponsible. You know what I'm saying? And and, I, and it's just a, it's just amazing at what we accept. It's just like right now, you know, black people are loyal to the Democrats, and it don't matter Democrat or Republican. We were Republican before, and they fell us. And the Democrats are filling us even right now as we speak. You know what I'm saying? You got a full house of Democrats. You got you got uh, your Congress is Democrat. Your your Senate is Democrat. Your president is Democrat. Look what we are what we are facing. Look what they're doing to these black people on the on the borders, the Haitians and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? And so we got to stop. See, hope is the great falsifier of the truth. And I think it I I think it comes from the religions that we're practicing and how, how about the faith and how to have hope and and, and, and these type of things, you know, uh, faith, beliefs, all these things that are all based on ignorance because if you hope for something, it hasn't happened. If you believe something, it hasn't happened. If you have faith in something, it hasn't happened. And it, it, we're programmed to be satisfied with these things instead of something tangible that, that's going to benefit us. And, um, and um, it's just like the integration thing. Before the integration came along, we had black black um, gas stations, we had black hotels, we had black theaters, we had black music industry, we had black sport um, centers, you know, uh, leagues. You know, we had all these things, and once we integrated, we lost everything. But actually, integration has not been anything but a gentrification under disguise, you know, and that's the way this whole thing works. And this is even we're seeing the physical by land when they come in and do a gentrification in a location that was black. They come in, they 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 integrated, they move in, and next thing you know, they're out competing us, and we can't no longer afford to stay in that location. This is what they do to us. When we did the music integration, we lost all our music um, industries. When we integrated into sports, we lost all our sporting arenas. When we integrated into the business, we lost all the black corporations like Johnson and Johnson and BET and places like this, you know. And so we got to stop falling for the integration trick because we're integrating into their system and no one's integrating into a system for us, you know. And so we, we have to do a serious paradigm shift. And if we continue to do what we're doing, we're absolutely doomed, you know. And it's time for us, we got to learn to practice group economics. And it's sad that when 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 Black History Month comes, everybody's so eager to show all the great things black people done. But as soon as we face some adversities, the first thing everybody starts doing is doubting us, you know, and that just don't make no sense. You can tell it's the program. You can sit up and talk about all the great things we've done the whole month of February, but when it comes to us doing one of these great things for us right now, we instantly automatically discount ourselves, and that comes from us lacking any self-reliance. 
You know what I'm saying? We we lack our self-reliance. And for some reason, we feel like we need everybody. And it reminds me of the slave days when um, in the slave movies, when the slaves talk to the master, master, you're such a good master, you take good care of us. You know what I'm saying? When in reality, the slave master don't take care of any slaves. The slaves taking care of the slave master. And I, I, and I was, um, I was watching a, a, a documentary about uh, this this um, Ethiopian woman that was enslaved by one of the Arab nations. I think it was a pa- Pakistan. She was a slave of Pakistan, and you know, modern day slave. And they went to rescue her. And she wasn't at the rendezvous point when they came, so they had to do another rendezvous point with her. So they asked her what happened the first time, and this is something that resonated with me. She said that she felt that she was not able to take care of herself, and she was scared to leave the slave master because she felt that she needed somebody to take care of her. And that's exactly, I say to myself, wow, that explains a lot about us as in, in this society, in this in this systemic racist system, we just don't think we can live with, we think we need them when actually we're taking care of them in the system. We're, we're their lucrative labor force. We're, we're the largest consumer. We're making everybody in this country rich. You know what I'm saying? Um, we have so many great abilities that we're doing, but we just keep doubting ourselves because they, they, they got us programmed into thinking that if we're not doing it for them, it's 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 not going to work, you know, and I, I absolutely see that. Yeah, and absolutely, wow, you you really broke that down well. But just going, just going from your last point on up, just what that sister said that she was so conditioned to being taken care of yeah. that she was psychologically broken down and and had no faith. They they say, oh, ye of little faith. Um, she didn't have any faith whatsoever that she can sustain on her own. And as we can see, you know, Brother Ray, that's still, that systemic racism is still happening today where they have broken us down mentally, mm-hmm. even in spite of all the various things that we're going through in this past year and a half going on two years, um, you would think that we would have some type of epiphany, right? Oh my goodness. But you are right. If you've been conditioned to be a way, uh, a certain type of way for so long, how do you, you know, you know, get yourself out of that? How do you get yourself out of that hole? And it's almost like we turn on each other in a sense that we are fighting for positions within ourselves. Now it's so, it's so interesting because the positions don't mean nothing to anybody else but us because they all have the advantage over us. But, you know, going back to what you said in the earlier on, you talked about the family unit and I'm a very big thing on that. I did, I did another show about the nuclear family, the breaking down of the family unit. No one's getting married anymore. More uh, not 70% of children are born out of wedlock. You know, we we're high in the numbers of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. We're, we're highest in the numbers of poverty and um, we glorify and that's what even hurts my heart more because we glorify this individualism. Right. Right. And, opportunists. Yes. 
Right, exactly. We are glorifying this individualism and, you know, as much, and I see, you know, black women are being held to the pedestal. We are doing our thing. But the, the thing is, could we not do better if we had the brother by our side? So it's almost, you see what they're doing, even in the music industry and television or whatever, they're trying to excommunicate the brothers and get them, just get rid of them. Let's we, we, we've been cancel culture since, since the, the plantation days. <laughs> Sadly. Exactly. And then, you know. and then the other thing you talked about was um, dealing with the religious beliefs. Now, that's another sector in itself. Right, because it's a, it's spiritual programming it leads to mental programming. Right. They don't, and a lot of times they, they don't believe. You, you go to get that. I feel like when you were going to the church, because I was a part of the church, and you go to church and you get that dopamine. I mean, it's a whole concert. You come in, the music is playing to your heart, playing to your spirit, you know, and the pastor comes in at the very last. Now, you got about about an hour, hour and a half of all that other stuff, and the pastor comes in for like a half an hour and gives us the last shot of, of, of dope, dope, I'll say dope. And then we feel good, and we go right back out into the world doing the same old stuff that we was doing all week long, all year long, <laughs> you know. And, and, and let me add on to that. Yeah. Now, even deeper still, we go to these churches and we give them tithes and offering, make, making them all kinds of money. And the black black religious organizations is the only religious organization that failed to show their mainstream members any social obligations. Absolutely. I think there was one pastor I was following one time on YouTube. I think his name is Pastor Ike. He was, the, he was an old school pastor back from the 70s. He was the only pastor that talked about um, economics to his church people. He said, I just don't want to have the money. I want you all to do it too. And he wanted them to have the belief that it was okay to have money because in the church what they do is they often would shame you for having money outside of the pastor. Oh, yeah, he can have it. But when it came to the people, just imagine you're, you're, you can't pay your rent, your, all your bills, and you're giving your last $5. And the church, and I've been it where the pastor would guilt you and say, you better give that money or like something terrible is going to happen to you. You're not going to be blessed. Mm -hmm. And none yep. of them know how to understand economics or finances. That's the problem. We have all these other, um, you know, classes and all these various things that you can take, but nothing on economics in the church. Yes, indeed. And, 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 and then this here's the thing. We're the only race in America that now, now if 98% of us work for white businesses, that leaves 2% of us who don't work for white businesses. The, the thing is the question that we must ask ourselves out of that 2%, how many people working for a black business that pays them gainful employment, you know, and I'm quite sure that it would be very small fractions of that, you know. And and it is another thing. Black businesses, we, they open up. Most of them are there to support that business owner or his direct family. You know, it's very rare that people open up a black a black owned business open up and is looking to hire a, a a decent amount of people that are not of kin of this family. And these are the things that are hurting us because we're the only ones in our in, in America that does that. We don't got so bad. You can't go into a community like Hispanic community or Asian community or Burmese 
they all at least have every community they have their grocery stores. We don't even have that. It's too many black. It's too many food deserts in the black community. And then deeper still, we're missing opportunities. We 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 the thing I, I call it half conscious and full conscious. The half conscious, like say for instance, a child is quick to tell you when something's not fair, right? A child will tell you something's not fair, but that's just that's just one part of the consciousness. That's the lower level of consciousness. The higher level of consciousness is seeing the opportunity within the problems, because it's absolutely in every problem has an opportunity. But we we have a tendency to see the problem, but we don't look for the opportunity or the solution within the problem, and that's where we really messing up at. That's why. That's why we got so many um, things against us, like the CDC, on and on, police force, all these different entities that are all against us, and we know they've been wrong and they've been caught and, and proven to, to to be wrong and committing crimes against us. But our problem is we 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 deal with it, but we don't follow through. Make sure that it's solved. Make sure we're being compensated for it, and make sure that they could never do what they've done again. And so now we're like we we got our backs against the wall, and they're trying to make us take this vaccine while we supposed to trust the CDC that's been practicing dirty eugenics on us all this time. You know what I'm saying? But the, our our fault is. We haven't done anything to deal with them for what they've done. And that's what we got to do. We got to start facing these situations, these different black disparities, addressing them, standing on them, uh, making these people compensate us for the injustice and racist things they're doing to us. And not only that, making sure they can never do it again by law, you know? And, and and if we if we can't get them to do these things, they need to cut cut out the taxes on us. They need to just more or less let us have a, have us some states of our own, where we can where we can control and police our own states and govern our own states from the governor's seat all the way down to the bureaucratic system, because a lot of people don't even understand this. Um, these states have been going to war on us ever since 2018 when they became, when they all went sovereign. A lot of these states went sovereign. They've been at, they've been the ones going to war on us, you know, and destroying the black cities in the, in, in, in the chocolate, the chocolate cities and in the black wall streets, you know what I'm saying? With the gentrifications and whatnot. And so what we got to do is we have to, it, you know, we, we we need to establish our establish a couple states that we are the dominant population of, so that we can protect these chocolate cities and these black Wall Streets by the governor's seat all the way down to the bureaucratic system that they're using against us at this time. You know. Yeah, I I would agree with everything that you're saying. Um, when it comes to all these various things, and I hear everything that you're saying, you know, but at the same time, I also believe we've, we've marched as much as we can march. We've talked as much as we can talk. But I have a saying that said, I can show you better than I can tell you. And to me, that's where I would want to see us get on code in that, in that sense. Now, I know as a whole, it will not happen right away. There's a small, it has to happen in small increments. 
But here's also what I, be, I believe, Brother Ray. I think it won't really happen until we push our, with our back against the wall. History has a very funny way of, of repeating itself if we don't rectify the problem. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The Jewish make sure they had six years of the Holocaust. They made sure that they created their foundation so much so that they will never have to go through another Holocaust again. Right. And, and, and not to interrupt you, just to add on to that, are you aware that that Holocaust in Germany actually started with the black Germans and they added the Jews at the end? and show you how hateful they are towards us. They don't even recognize the black people that was a part, the black Germans that was a part of that Holocaust. They don't even recognize them. It's as if black people was not, a, you would think only the, the, the uh, Ashnaxi Jews were being exterminated in those, in, in those concentration camps, but that's far from the truth. But that just show you how they even whitewashing our history. They no, we have no friends. We have no allies. Right, and again, even for them, making money off of the backs of black people, they were ostracized on the East Coast, and um, and not recognized, treated just like black people on that level. They didn't want the Jews, the blacks, the Spanish, nobody. And so the Jewish community came to California. And that's even though we had redlining here, but at least it was easy, easier for them to breathe. But what I'm saying, too, is that their call, what happened to them happened to us ten times. Ten mm -hmm. times. Absolutely. But yet when we look at the Jew, and, you know, they always say that black people are the original black Jews. But when you think about their situation and our situation, of course, you know, you would, I would think that we would say, you know what, kind of hundreds of years, that's a long time. We can never... We have to put things in place so we never go back to that. And right. we have the cognitive dissonance like the white people do and say, oh, that was so long ago. That um, didn't happen to me. That happened to them. If I was a slave, and you hear the young people saying, if I was a slave, I would do so-and-so. No, if you were a slave, you'd be a slave. You would do what the slave master asked you to do or you die. That, that, was, that, was, that was it. We are slaves. We're free-range slaves. Exactly. There's no negotiation. But now, you're right, the new slavery is, is the job. When I hear people so afraid of losing their jobs, and look at how many people lost their jobs during this pandemic. People mm -hmm. thought that they were essential, buying all types of tangibles and all types of things, thinking that the job was going to save them. No, you, you're replaceable. You're, in fact, we're going to probably, um, your job is going to be extinct. And even with that, you have the opportunity, or they, we all have the opportunity to have a second income. I've always said that. I've always said you have to start creating your second income from now. So by the time 10 years rolls in, you would have established yourself to that point where you're making that residual income. On top of what you're going to get with your Social Security or whatever, we should always have a back-end back income. But we're mm -hmm. so busy living for today and trying to keep up with the Joneses more so than ever that we're not thinking, you know, on that level. And then that was the other thing you talked about earlier, Brother Ray, was about because we don't have the, the family unit um, and we're going to the individualism, that we are not having us bonding together like we should. 
you know, with the, in California, in the state of California, that it's up. The I would say the jig is up for people to get that extension for their for their rent. So for all this year, you haven't all this for the past year or so, you didn't have to pay your rent. I don't know the timeline. It's a, it's a year, I, and it's not. Please correct me, but if it was at least six months, you didn't have to pay your rent. And my thing is that why not join with another family and say, okay, you know what, We're, they're going to give us this money. Why don't we join together and buy a home together? That's what the Hispanics do. Yeah, but the problem is we got to get our home back in line. We got to get the balance back in the home because at this point, the way the black family is operating is just totally divided. It's, 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 the house is divided, will fall. And I'm not religious, but that is such a fact. And there's something else to that, too. You know, um, our children, they need inherited wealth. You know what I'm saying? And then even when we begin, they, it's going to take a few generations for the inherited wealth to become inherited power. You know, and uh, it, it's like we've been young, black, and gifted since we've been human beings, you know, black people. And we're still young, black, and gifted. But what's hurting us right now is our young, black, and gifted come out of these schools and they go into these white corporations and they're young, black, and gifted for them that are against us, you know. And, and it's, it's, it's like... You're afraid of losing your job, but actually we shouldn't be working for these people anyway. You know, we shouldn't be working for them anyway. And it's, it, it is, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not, we, uh, we can't just stop working for them, but it's time for people to pull their money together and open up businesses that are set up to support and accommodate black people. You Listen, we're one of the richest of consumer societies of the world, black people in America alone. And not only that, we got one of the most lucrative labor forces. What do, what more do you need to build you a nation? You know, if we open up black business, set up support and accommodate black people and hire black people for gainful employment and black people patronize those businesses, they would be hungry and we would be eating. So, you know, we got to we, we we got to realize that what we're doing, we're worried about them jobs. That's how they're controlling us and look at us. This is hurting us working for them. And they're controlling us by it and we're worried about losing those jobs and not looking at it the right way. We should be looking at it if it wasn't for this job, they wouldn't have no power over me and walk away. It's like we was talking about the other day. Me and you was talking about boycotting and, and whatnot. We was talking about the first boycott in history was the bus thing. And, and the point about our mistake is if you boycott somebody, you come back, they can give you a, a, a price on demand and charge you even more for you not buying it at that time to help them. And, 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 and basically the, the problem is instead of boycotting the business, you should be opening up business so that you don't no longer have to deal with that business. Because if you if you boycott them, they can always jack those prices up, make you pay for, enrich them for the times that you miss, and make you suffer for it. You know what I'm saying? And so and so it's like we're 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 cutting off our own nose. And and the thing is, 
too many, and then they'll say something else. Uh, su- a, a systemic racism can't work without our cooperation. You know, it's what yeah. we're doing in the system that makes it work. And long as we're cooperating with it, it's going to continue. And long as 98% of us work for white businesses, it's going to be a large wealth gap between us. As long as 98% of us work for white businesses, they can control our unemployment rate and keep us double the unemployment rate of them and make sure a good good old boy get that job before they hire this black guy. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to say something else, too. For the black woman to be the most educated person in America, and yet still she's she's the poorest person in America, that should tell you something. That should tell you something. This is by design. It's not that we're not doing what we're supposed to do. It's that we're doing what we're supposed to do for the wrong people instead of ourselves, you know? Yes, absolutely. And I also believe even if you do have to work a job, because we know somebody got to do the job, somebody got to make the decision as opposed to somebody got to take out the trash. We need need someone for everything. I say that if you're going to work the job, also have, again, work on your second resource of income, even if it's to getting a different trade or a certification in something else. You know what I'm saying? So in the event mm-hmm. that job doesn't work out, you can go get a certificate. You can get a certification. You know, I'm a licensed health plan advisor. When I was working the regular job, and I, I remember when they had the, um, the, uh, the collapse of the economy in 2008, I couldn't get a job sleeping the floor. And then even going back to school and getting my college degree, by the time I got to the seat, no, I'm sorry, that's when the economy collapsed, when I finished the degree. Could you believe it? Mm-hmm. And even then, employers didn't know where to put me. And, and so happened that some, you know, somebody came in my life and showed me a different way, and that's how I learned how to get certification. And since then, I promise you, Ray, no one, I don't have to look for a job. They call me. I've been doing this for five years. It's contract. And guess what? I'm still living. I don't work for the whole year. I work so many months out of the year. You know what I'm saying? And I still have a business on the side. You see what I mean? And I'm not gonna, I don't want it to be on the side. I want it to be my full fledged, but I have to, that's what I'm talking about, how to do it. You, with your contract. Okay. So when I'm off season, I'm really, really focusing on the business. And I want to do that 100%. Like I said, it's not entrepreneurs. Don't get me wrong. It's not for everybody. It is not. It's a lot of work, a lot of ups and downs, and you need a lot of support. I will say that. I'm just saying if that's not the road for you, get a backup plan. That's all. I agree with you. And, and deeper, even to add on to that, the good news is up to Noor, black people are the most lucrative labor force in America. So the entrepreneur even got a good, a good workforce to draw from, you know. They got a good workforce to draw from, but our problem is, and then I'm going to say this too, you know, um, black businesses absolutely need black customers. Black people absolutely need black businesses. And I think it's time for us both to recognize that and respect that and act as if we do need each other, you know? I was going to say, you know what I want to see us do, Ray? I mean, looking at uh like on on my phone and they're showing like you see young black people making their own clothing line making their own shoe line 
I want to see us make our own purse line. All all weave and, and, and extensions and the, uh, everything that we want, we should be coming to our own people to get. You know, it, I, I listen to black men talk about black women wearing a weave and extensions and eyelashes. We've been that's that's African culture. They, we've been doing that before whoever was a white man. You know, and so you know we need to we need to set up businesses to support our culture. You know, instead of us complaining about the Asians making billions off the weave and stitching the hair industry, get in there and open up yours and do it yourself, you know? That's right. You know, instead, instead of oppressing us and trying to, you know, it's it's like I've noticed a lot of them, they don't, they don't be fully baked. And so they think a black revolution is oppressing black people for the name of Black Revolution, and that's really not that's that's not a good idea. Why why would you why do we try to oppress our people instead of trying to find a way that we can be freely who we are with no oppression, no kind of way for any kind of reason? You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying. You don't don't go buy hair from the weave shop. Well, you know, okay, that's that's one thing. But why not open up a black business so they can go get it from the black businesses, you know? Yeah. And I've seen that, too, where I saw someone in my area tried to open up a beauty supply. And it was grand opening, grand closing. I personally, wow. she put on there black owned. I wouldn't have put that on my side. Because you want all the dollars. You see what I'm saying? Agree. Agree. Absolutely. Okay. Wow, and then you could advertise to black businesses and say black owned. But I, when as soon as I saw that sign, I said she ain't gonna last long. I said because you don't want just black dollars; you want all the money. And then you go behind the scenes and you advertise black businesses. And then she, right. she didn't even last an entire year. I said that's what I thought. We only did that when we said black owned when they were riding here in Los Angeles. And what happened was so the, so the uh, riders wouldn't burn down the, um, the businesses, they put black on. Even the Asian businesses were trying to put black on. We know which one was which. So to me, when I saw that sign that said black owned, it took me back to the riots. It have a negative impact. People just have to be careful. I know you're proud. You want to say you black owned. But, you know, get your foot in the door. Get all the dollars. Get the white dollars. Get the Hispanic dollars. Because green is green all the, all the way across the board. I agree with you. When it comes to the income, definitely. And then another thing, you know, I listen to black people complain about white businesses and how many white people work for white-owned businesses versus how many minorities or black people work for them. But I, I really, I look at that and I kind of side-eye because I'll, I'll be thinking to myself, well, if black people own black businesses, the 80% of the workforce should be black as well, you know? It's, we just really, we really just, I don't understand. <laughs> it's, it's common sense stuff that we just seem to not have the common sense to, 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 to draw from, you know? To most people, they're not even, this is not even a discussion or something to be talked about. But the other thing that you, you brought up earlier, um, Brother Ray, is you talked about taking responsibility as adults. Yes. Stop being adolescents of the society. Yes. That's a big one. 
that's a big one. I feel like a part of the fam- the reason why we have the breakdown of the family unit is because we still have a lot of grown babies walking around. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they really understand what they are passing ge- down to the generation. So self-centered and not being a full adult, but wanting to be respected at the same time. You can't even nurture your family because you're still so hurt and wounded by whatever. And a lot of the times um, when we're going through things, Ray, either the people that did it to us either don't know or they don't care or they're not going to take responsibility for it. But what's happening is they are bleeding on their children, and those children are bleeding on their children. We are raising dysfunction. So everyone is mad and apart and separate. If you would hear the conversations that I hear, I said, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe that grown 50-something-year-olds are acting this way. But they are. You can't be empowered. You can't be empowered if you're not to blame. Absolutely. And and they don't realize that when they lay their heads down to, to leave this world, what they are really leaving behind. Are you leaving a legacy behind or are you leaving devastation for your children to clean up behind you? For too long. Just left them you have just left them vulnerable. Indeed. That is the term sins of the parents fall upon the children. Well, you, you know, a- I might not believe in the Bible, but when you're telling the truth, sister, you're telling the truth. And what you just said is absolutely 100%, you know, but you can call what you can call it is a a slave programming passed down to generations, you know, and and this, this, this is the thing. How can I listen? I live with you and you provided me income. You're providing me a roof over my head. You're providing me clothes on my back. You're providing me food to eat. You're giving me everything. And then all of a sudden I become an adolescent adult or, 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 or whatever. And all of a sudden I'm living with you. And just because I'm at age, I want you to treat me as an equal. How is that going to work? You better say that again. <laughs> I want you to treat me as an equal while I'm depending on you. That's what we're doing in America. We're depending on them and want them to treat us as an equal. You said it best. We yeah. want our cake and eat it too. So basically saying we want our cake and eat it too. I don't want to grow up, but I want you to treat me as an adult. I don't want to grow up. I want to but, depend on you to be an adult and then be an equal as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And we don't even make, oh, man, we don't even make that connection. That's always, always said the slave mind is a childish mind. Yes, it is. Yes, it, it truly is. And the other part that when I talk about, when we talk about staying on cold, it's amazing to me too, Brother Ray. Oh, I got to sigh on this one. Is that the same, the very people that we support and give our last to, are the first ones who will turn against us. Indeed, indeed. If they will turn against us. Not only will they turn against us, like you said, I have, I have clothed you, I have fed you, I have given you my last dollar. But you want to be treated equally. So because I have to now fuss at you like a child, because that's how you're acting, now you want to throw a tantrum. And be mm-hmm. angry and cry. And when they cry, they want to tell everybody that you wronged them. But they don't tell the entire story. 
they don't tell them that when the rent was due that you helped them from stopping to get an eviction. They didn't tell you that you helped them co-sign for a place so they wouldn't be on the street with their children. That you gave them shelter, that you gave them food, that you gave them whatever it is that they needed. And that was just kept between you all, right? Right. Yet, because you had to say, okay, now I got to set some boundaries here because they don't understand when you take it's like when you take from the, the resource, you are draining the resource, and the resource can dry up too. Mm-hmm. You have to water that resource. Who's going to water the resource? So, right. right. Who's going to water the resource? They're not worried about watering me or, or making sure I'm good or, or anything like that. They're, thinking they're in that self-preservation mode. Well, so we that's, should be on. Right, exactly. So that goes back to that individualism and the breakdown of the friend and I'll say the friend and family unit. Family and the family is notorious for treating each other that way. You know, and then when the person dies, all of a sudden they want to crawl over the grave, I mean, crawl over the coffin and everything. It's like, right, because your resource is gone. I probably would be that way too if I was, like you said, depending on this person to feed me, clothe me, give me a roof over my head, and now it's over. You didn't, they never thought it was going to be over, like children. Children never, you never know this when children want to play, they can play forever. They can play until they drop in the middle of the floor and just go to sleep. They have no boundaries that way, and we see that adults are that way. Mm-hmm. Ab- absolutely. But, um, you know, this, this has been a great conversation. But, mm-hmm. but we got to keep it. The, the, the thing we must drive home is systemic racism cannot work without black cooperation. Yeah. And, and, and the only way for us to be in power is to be the blame for our situation. As long as we have somebody else to blame, as long as we got the white man and this society and the, and the Democrats and the Republicans and my job and this and that. As long as we got them to blame, we're being irresponsible. And look at what we're looking at right now. We're they're they're they're, they're sucking. We don't have no air to breathe. Either you take this vaccine or you don't have a job. Either you take this vaccine or you 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 don't you, you're going to be seeing the CPA because your kids got to go to school, or you're going to be just going to be a truancy. But if we have black businesses, if we have black schools, if we have black medical industries, if we had if we had black uh, 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 black disease control centers, you know what I'm saying? We we might be better off. And not only that, our biggest our biggest problem is when they do us wrong, we just we just do our little protests and and, and do our little thing and go away and wait till the next time it happens instead of trying to make sure it don't happen again and not giving up till it's over. You know, follow through with these things. Right. We have a pattern, right? We have a pattern what we do. So we're here, we're calm, something happened, we get escalated, we raise our, you know, oh, look what happened. They, they, you know, there's a martyr black person that was killed. And we go and we get angry and we post it and we get angry. And then it dies down until the next right. one. And we go down. It's like a we go, we go up and down like that. Boycott, protest. Maybe riot, back to voting, protesting, march, boycott, yeah. maybe riot. They know what we're going to do. They know what they know. we're going to do. Well, what they're going to do? They say, let them march. Go and do what they're going to do. You know what they're going to do. They ain't going to do nothing. Well, let them get it out. Let them, do, let them air it out. Because we're the reaction. We're, re, we're reacting to them 
We're their mm-hmm. kinetic energy. They can pretty much determine. They can control us by their actions. They're controlling us by their actions because they, they, they have limited, put our reaction. They have given us a limit. They literally tell us how to fight against systemic racism. And if we don't fight against systemic racism the way they want us to, they come after us. <laughs> how, yeah, how are you gonna be? How are you gonna be the bully fighting the bully the way the bully tell you to fight him? <laughs> well, let me tell you something. I'm gonna tell y'all a little secret if y'all didn't know about white people. Everything with them must be documented. They know how to keep their feelings in check when they are filing a complaint or dealing with an issue. And they will see it through to the end. It is a lot of reasons why we have these laws in place, like that Amber Alert and all those different things, because they will push it and push it and push it and push it until something gets done. Instead of all this undocumented, you can't document a march, but what you can document is a letter, letters. And then when we do all the, the marching and stuff, we go home to the same old shit just another day. Yeah. That's it. That's what I'm saying. We have to, just like you said earlier, you said it in the beginning of the conversation, is that we have to keep, when we talked about the boycott, we have to keep it going and we can't revert back. We can't say, okay, we're not mad at you anymore. We're going to buy Gucci now. Oh, we're not mad at you anymore. We're going to stop at your, we're, we're not mad at Starbucks anymore. That's what we do. We have to say, no, this is it. We are setting the boundaries once and for all. And once we yeah. start to do that, they're going to be like, oh, my goodness. Wait a minute. You think about this. Think about this. If they gave us reparations tomorrow and we don't have no economical system for us to put this 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 uh, reparation money in, we're just going to give it back to them to get some. Of course, that's what we're going to do. How many people yeah. did you know actually got that stimulus money that did something towards the business for it? Yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, that, that's, but I, I I think I read somewhere where actually black businesses have picked up since the um, COVID thing. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm trying to be too optimistic. <laughs> I, I would believe that would be so because I would hope so. Now, I know a lot of people did start businesses. Don't get me wrong. A lot of them, a lot of black people, I'm so proud of y'all. Y'all started businesses with your stimulus money. I did too. I took that stimulus money and I invested it in my business. I sure did. It was a beautiful I saved all mine. <laughs> hey, do what you whatever. You kept your money. That's fine. Let's start. This is one way we can start being coded. Some of us are already doing it right here, right now. Us being on this on the wake up radio with Cindy Ashby. Uh, we are supporting our sister because we want to see her succeed. And when she succeeds, we all succeed. You understand? Yes, ma'am. We don't know anybody. I don't know anybody doing what she's doing right now, okay? So we have to support our sister. And let me tell you what she does and what she teaches. Karima always have good things to say about her, too. Yeah, he does. Yeah, she's the ghost. I'm telling you. But I'm going to tell you what we do in this circle is that we support each other. We're going to support each other's businesses. If I need a bar of soap, I know where to go. If I need a detergent or whatever it is that I need, that's where I'm going. I think I have enough people that I don't have to go, you know, into the major department stores to buy my things. So guess what I'm doing? The holidays are coming up. Guess what I'm gearing up to do? Shop around all my sisters and brothers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't do holidays. 
Yeah, well, even if you do holidays, I mean, you know, you need to say so. If you, yeah. <laughs> you know, I got a sister, um, sister Jackie Q, she's doing that. So we have a lot of us that are, we are networking together. We're learning what each other do so we can support one another. And I haven't even gone all the way down the pipeline. There's some new sisters that have joined and I will be supporting their business. And so that's what we need to be on, on code with. That's a one good way to be on an economic code. And so we can start there. And so that way, when the stuff goes down, we not when people are all worried about going to the store, oh, no, I'm good. I can call this person. I can call that person. I can get my stuff shipped to me. We're good. Yeah, I, I was, I was, um, I was, I was, I was trying to make moves in, 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 in my local community, but unfortunately I, I ended up with prostate cancer and I went through my little thing and I'm still recovering from it. But at the end of the day, it's giving me time. Like, like I've seen, um, I, I've seen a local, some, a local, um, uh, organization that's black that I just ran across a couple of days ago here in Fort Wayne. And what I'm, what I'm, my goal is once I do get well, is to figure out who's doing what that are for black people in Fort Wayne, and try to bring them together. You know, because that's what we, we too many times I'm starting to see. We keep reinventing the wheel. Absolutely. You know, and what we need to do is start to instead of uh, repeating things, um, uh, 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 um, um, a network network and then start putting it together and start building organizing ourselves we need to organize ourselves there's too many of us doing things on our own and not not working as a working as a front together you know and that's what we need to start working on even when it comes to businesses black businesses they need to cooperate in a way you know that that complement each other cooperate and that way you got more protection so the bureaucratic system just can't take it away from you because there's more people behind it than just this one person, you know? Absolutely. And we're getting there. We're doing it slowly but surely, but we're getting there. And we're yeah. doing it. And I'm loving to see all these black businesses out here and doing their thing. Um, my son, he's 17. He's an entrepreneur, you know, and he wants to do his own clothing line. I'm like, do it, you know. Start thinking about it now. He's graduating next year. And so I just want them to – our children should always be taught to think big. It, and, mm-hmm. and that's one of our things, too, is that they don't see enough of us in a positive light. Amen. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. 100. Yes. And that's what got them young. That's what got them angry. They – they we don't they don't have nothing to look forward to that's ours. They they know that when they come up they're gonna have to go work for that white man, and that and they know how this white man is, and they don't have nothing. To, we don't have nothing for them to be proud of within our own self, you know. And and that's exactly what I'm talking about. Giving the young black and gifted somewhere to be young black and gifted that's gonna benefit them, not the not the enemies. Absolutely. And then when you go to corporate America, there's no allies there for us. It's not it used to be that way at one time, but not anymore. You're on your own. And so um, it makes that makes it even tougher for us. So it, in corporate America, I know out here in, in California, you don't see a lot of black people in the corporate sector. Corporate you know, America is racist by tradition. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? It's okay because it pushed, I can say it pushed a number of us to do what we needed to do. 
And I just want the young people to know that you have options. Don't ever let anybody corner you uh, to tell you what you can't do. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't dream big. I know that sounds cliche, but it's the truth. And don't share your dreams with everybody. Share your dreams with like-minded people, people that think the way you do. And you're going to find that you're going to get a lot more support than the people. Don't think because people are around you, your friends and all that, that doesn't mean that they don't love you, but they're just not in the same race as you. And that's okay. Because I'm going to tell you, sometimes you got to go all the way across to the other side of the states, like I have, to find your tribe. And it's a beautiful thing. I can tell you that. But I agree. Um, cause, I, cause here, here in Indiana, here in Indiana, it's, it's kind of, um, you got your barbershop and your restaurants that are black, but that's pretty much it. You know, but you know, maybe Indianapolis might have a little more, but Indiana is, it's Indiana got, as far as the black side of Indiana, we got, we, we got, a, we don't lost a lot of ground. We got to gain back, you know, since the integration up to this day, you know, it's just that it's just and, and that and it's a good thing. It's so many opportunities here for black people. We we got to step up and take them, you know. Absolutely, there's room to grow. That's the thing. That's all I see. There's room to grow potential. But brother, but brother, you over there in California, right? Yeah, I'm in California. Black black people got a a, a very beautiful history in, in in that part of the country, you know, in yeah. so many ways. Yeah, we're, and it's we're, been we're, under attack, though. It has been under attack. Californians are very passionate people, but I still have love for you know. Even though I live here, but we're so divided in a way because of the structure of how we live. Um, it, it prevents us sometimes from being connected. If I want to say that, I find to it, living here, I can tell you, I find more of my culture on the south and the east coast states. I find more of the connection there than here because here we're so hustle and bustle. We don't make the time. We don't have the culture to slow down that way and take it all in. We're, we're, right. we're a lot of one thing when you come to California, you can fit in anywhere. Whatever you want to be here, you can be it. You can be anything you want to be here, but we also have a division in a certain way where we don't have the, the love of the culture like I see in the East and the, the Southern states. So that that's just my opinion, but in any yeah, case, it's pretty today, much that way in the Midwest as far as the culture. Absolutely, but I thank you again for coming on this evening and taking the time to come on the Wake Up Radio. I thank you for giving me an opportunity to to, to express my my views and points, you know, and um, I really appreciate that. And and I was a little nervous because it's really the first time I kind of like you know, did anything outside of the Facebook live, but I thank no, you for that. And, and I, and I hope to keep in touch and, 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 and you could teach me a lot more about what's going on in your part of life. And, you know, as I slowly get more healthier and things get better around here with this, cause it's, the virus is bad here in Indiana, especially here in where I'm at, you know, but well, once these things are, once these things are done, I'm hitting the ground running because, you know, I'm 60 years old and it's just, uh, I was the children Martin Luther King was talking about, the dream he had. And and it's sad. It's sad. That dream is that. And then that's a whole nother can of worms I'm not even going to mess with. But um, 
I believe strongly in black separatism. It's the solution. We got to stop dodging black separatism. That's right. And I'm going to first, I'm going to correct something you said. You are 60 years young. You are 60 years young. And even okay. though and you would have never thought unless you told me that you were going through the health conditions that you are. So I, I commend you for getting up and still thinking outside of yourself, Brother Ray, and wanting to give your thoughts to us because I believe that it's what's needed. And you, if you think you're not being heard, yes, brother, you are being heard. And I'm going to ask you on the live right now, there's a brother named um, King Julian who I would like to partner you with. And so I think he, you guys can have a great connection and, and you can do his podcast. He's also here on the wakeupradio.com. Okay. That's fine. I'm, yeah, I'm game for I'm game for hooking up with good people. That's on that that's about 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 the struggle, you know. Oh yeah, this brother's about the struggle. I think you guys could have some good conversation. Uh, if you don't mind, I'll I'll forward his phone number to you. Sure. And then and vice versa, and then you guys could chop it up, and then you can come and just like how we're talking on the phone now. You can um just you can because he he doesn't do it face to face. He does it on the phone just like this. So that, that mm-hmm. would be comfortable for you, and you know, and so that would be something that um, you can do because, we, you, you know, we need to spread the word with what you're saying. Thank and you, ma'am. So, I, I try to stay humble and let the ancestors speak to me, you know, and, you know, that's my, my I don't, this, this is not about me. It's about us, you know. I'm just in grain of sand. It's, it it takes us to make a mountain, you know. And so I, I keep myself humble. And I'm not looking for no prestige. I'm not looking for no advances. I, I, and I actually, I don't even like fame because what we're trying to do, fame is one of your worst enemies you can have. That's that it will oppress you, you know. Okay. And so I'm a humble person, you know. No, absolutely. Well, I thank you for coming on again. And in a couple of days, you'll be able to catch this on OT w2.com for the replay and i thank you all again for being here brother ray we will be chopping it up again very soon i look forward to it anytime sister okay and you all have a good evening and good night yes ma'am good night to you look it up Lord individual thanks for keeping the lights on dang cindy on the wake up Hi, I'm Maxine from Ministry and Wellness, your health and wellness advocate. Are you having problems relaxing? Maybe feeling a little stressed? You are not alone, but I've got the solution for you. Go to ministryandwellness.com for your alternative solutions to comfort or call me at area code 855-200-2774 to book your free consultation. No question is too small and don't be shy. I'm here to help and look forward to speaking with you.